Open your Bibles again to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. I am excited about this truth this morning and I pray that the Lord will let me deliver it in a way that will be not just understood, but we can see it and we can apply it to our lives. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about folks hearing the truth of the message and I, I hope that you'll listen on purpose. Uh, the devil will distract you if he can. I want you to listen. I'm going to preach on the subject, letting God work through you. Letting God work through you. And here is the message, God works in us to help us, to work through us, to help others. And that's the message right there. I'm not finished, I'm just getting started. I'm going to tell you that again, and I'm not ready to dismiss in prayer. God works in us to help us, to work through us, to help others. Do you see it? You see it? Let's pray, and then we'll look at the Scripture again. Heavenly Father, I pray, Lord, that you would help us this morning as we hear the preaching and the message. Oh, Heavenly Father, I hunger for the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit, understanding, Lord, that my voice and my reasoning can just go to the minds and the appearance of man, but God, you can speak to the heart and change your life. And I hunger for you to do that this morning. I want to be of help to folks. I believe that this message can help any struggling Christian. I believe it can help any thriving Christian. Help us as we receive it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Look at the scripture again, if you will. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and notice the God of all comfort. God is the one that helps us. God is the one that we need to look to for help. Whatever the need is, God is the helper. Whatever the hurt is, God is the comfort. Whatever the weakness is, God is the strength. The Bible then says this, who comforteth us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. Now, I want to give you this morning five statements by way of introduction, and uh, I'm preaching letting God work through us. Everyone's willing for God to work in them because we all need strength. We all need grace. We all need help. But this morning, if you would consider letting God work through you, you can be helped again. I'm going to give you five statements. First of all, I want to say trials are a part of our lives. Trials, tribulations, challenges, difficulties, they are a part of our lives. I'm going to, I'm going to make two comments about that statement. Trials are a part of our lives. I don't care what your age is. I don't care what your uh, financial status is. 
I don't care what your uh, uh, job security is. It doesn't matter. All of us face trials in life. Some of those trials come from our own doings and decisions. Sometimes we put ourselves in a hard place because of wrong decisions. Now, God does not exempt anyone from the comforting grace that he gives. No matter who caused the tribulation, no matter who caused the trial, God is willing and ready to help us. Two things I want to say about all of us having trials. Some trials are the results of our own doings and our own decisions. Then... Some trials are the result of God working in us. Some of these are what the Bible calls here the sufferings of Christ. The sufferings of Christ in our lives. God comforts us in those sufferings and he does so so that we can help others. Paul paid a price for taking the gospel across Asia and then over into Macedonia. Paul at times was placed in prison. He was threatened. He was beaten. But for the cause of Christ, he took part in the sufferings of Christ. By the way, if you take part in the sufferings of Christ, you take part in the glory of Christ and the blessings of Christ. Somebody ridicules you for Christ's sake. That may not be comfortable, but you'll share in the glory and in the blessings of the Lord. So first of all, all of us face trials. All of us face tribulation. Number two, we are helped by the grace of God. I don't care who you are this morning, God's grace and mercy is extended to you. If you're lost and undone, if you would put yourself in a category of being a heathen, God's grace is available to you this morning. I'm glad that God's grace is available to me and I'm thankful for the grace of God. I'm thankful for the song that we sang that never gets old. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. The verse that said, through many dangers, toils and snares, I have already come. Tis grace hath brought me safe thus far and grace will lead me home. I'm glad for the grace of God. God's grace, don't miss this statement, it allows me to survive trials without damage to myself and others. God's grace allows me to survive trials without damage to myself or others. You see, if you don't have the grace of God, you'll turn to something for help that is no help at all. It's a hindrance or a hurt to your life. God's grace allows me to survive the trial without damage to myself and others. And then God's grace allows me to learn from the trial. Hence, everything a blessing in my life when I can learn from that trial. So two statements I've given you already. First of all, trials are a part of every life. Number two, we are helped by the grace of God. Number three, we help others by the grace of God that helped us in our trials. I want you to look at the verse again in verse number four. Who comforteth us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble. How? By the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. So we help others by the grace of God that helped us in our trials. Illustration. 
I, I was lost and undone. I trusted Christ as my Savior. The grace of God saved my soul. He forgave my sin and gave me a home in heaven. If you're here today and you do not know Christ as your Savior, I offer you to the grace that God gave to me and the grace that God gave to me, I want to give to you that came from God that you too can have eternal life in Christ. So we help others by the grace of God that helped us in our trials. That's the hinge of the sermon this morning. That's the purpose of the sermon. I help others with the same grace that God gave me in a time of trial, in a time of tribulation, in a time of difficulty. God's grace comforted me. And I want to tell you, God's comfort is real. God's grace is real. God's grace is sufficient. Number four, we are helped again every time we help others with the grace God helped us with. We're helped again. Not only was I helped by his strength in the time of weakness, not only was I helped by his grace in the time of trial, not only was I helped by his comfort in a time of affliction, that helped me. It helped me make it through without damage to myself or damage to, my, uh, to others. Now, I want to help someone else that's in a time of trial, that's in a time of weakness, that's in a time of difficulty with the same comfort, the same grace, the same strength. And every time I help someone, it helps me again. Every time I help someone, it helps me again. So the same grace that helped me at age five to be saved has been helping me to help others. And when I help others, it helps me all over again. The only thing that's as exciting as, get, as getting saved is helping someone else to get saved. The only thing as exciting as receiving comfort in a time of weakness is to help someone else have comfort in their time of weakness. I give you the fifth thing. All of God's grace is given to work through us, not just in us. Don't be selfish. All of God's grace is given to work through us. God didn't give me comfort just to help me through my trial. He gave me comfort to help me through my trial so I could help somebody else with that same comfort. God didn't give me that comfort to put on the shelf. God didn't give me that grace to use and put on the shelf. God didn't give me that strength to use through a, a, a valley of difficulty and put it on the shelf. He said, now I want you to give it to somebody else. And every time you share that with someone else, it's going to help you. I didn't give you my grace to work in you. I gave you my grace to work through you. And there's a vast difference in that. The reason the Apostle Paul was able to help so many people is that he had been through so many trials in the work, uh, in, in his work for God. He had experienced so many difficulties. He had experienced so much pain. He had experienced so much of the sufferings of Christ. But you know what Paul did? When Paul said, God, take away this thorn in the flesh, God said, I'm going to do better than that. I'm not going to take away the thorn in the flesh, but I'm going to give you the grace that's able to bear it. It, it would be like this. This is oversimplification. Uh, let's say that weighed 1,000 pounds, and if it did, I couldn't have moved it over there. 
And that, that thousand pounds represents a trial in my life. Oh God, I pray that you'd take away this thousand pound trial in my life. I'm able to carry a hundred pounds and maybe a hundred and fifty, but God, I can't carry a thousand pound trial. God, would you please take it away? God said, no, I'm not going to take it away, but I'm going to make you strong enough to carry a thousand pound trial and put that on your shoulder. Paul said, you know what? This is better than him taking away the trial. I'd rather have the burden and the strength to carry it than for God to take the burden away. Now, I've got news for you. If God gave me grace, he can give you grace. If God gave me strength, he can give you strength. And I'm telling you today that God's grace is never given to me to work in me. It's given to me to work through me. And Paul was able, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, to help so many people because no matter what you talk to Paul about, he had been there, he had been through that, and it was God's grace that gave him the ability to get through it. And he said, I glory in my infirmity that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Take your Bibles and go to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. This is a familiar passage of Scripture, but I want you to look at three verses with me, please. Matthew chapter 5. And let's go down to verse number 14. Matthew 5 and verse number 14. The Bible is saying here, and Christ is teaching his disciples, Ye are the light of the world. Now let's pause here a second. You and I are the light of the world as a Christian. Where do we get that light? Where did we get that light? We got it from Christ. I was in darkness. I was lost and undone. I couldn't see or find my way. Christ came inside me. Christ came inside you. As a result, then, you and I are the light of the world. Now, we're not really the light like the sun is. We're a light like the moon is, which is a reflection of the sun. Without Christ, we have no light. Without Christ, we have no answers. Without Christ, we have no help. But Christ is in us. We have in this earthen vessel the treasure of God. I'm excited about the fact that Christ lives in me. He then said this, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Now, he uses that illustration to say this. Let your light so shine. Where'd you get that light? You got it from Jesus. Let your light so shine. Why? Where? Before men. Why? That they may see your good works. Why? and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So you see the light that came inside me at the day of salvation is not to be a candle that's to be lit and placed under a bushel, but it's to be a candle that's like a city that is set on a hill. You ever driven uh, to uh, northern Kentucky and into Cincinnati at night and you go through that place of darkness and then you look out in the distance and you see that light, you see that city, that's what I'm supposed to be. The light of Christ in me is not supposed to be covered by anything, but I'm to let my light shine before men that they may see my good works and understand those good works are not from him. He's a sinner. Those good works in him and through him are of Christ. They're of Christ that dwells within him. And Christ has made a difference in his life. I'm to let that light shine. And that's what Jesus was saying. You 
you see, the light did not come to shine in you. The light came to shine through you. Christ came to work not in us, but work through us. Now, don't miss this statement. Christianity is fulfilled when its blessings are not consumed in our life, but when they become a consolation for others. Christianity is fulfilled when its blessings are not consumed in our lives, but they become consolation for others. Have you ever met somebody that you know is a Christian, but they're a miserable grouch? You ever met those folks? You wonder, my goodness, if you're saved, you ought to let it work its way up, you know, sometimes show itself in your face or show itself. But, but they're just miserable. They're not happy people. You know why? Because Christ's blessings that are contained and not shared are a source of contention rather than the consolation God made them to be. Let, let me show you something interesting. Take your Bibles and go to the book of James in chapter 4. Are you with me this morning? James chapter 4. I want you to notice what the Bible says here. And, and, and it's talking about uh, conflict between not just two people, but conflict within, within an individual person. Conflict between heart and soul and mind and body. Just a, just a conflict. He asked the question here in James chapter 4, from whence come wars and fightings among you? It's talking about on the inside, internal grief, internal anxiety, internal stress. Come they not hence, even of your lust that war in your members. Now the flesh wants one thing, the spirit of God within us wants something else. We all understand that, don't we? We all live there. My flesh is the same old rotten flesh that it always has been. It wants to satisfy itself. The Spirit of God that came within me wants to satisfy the Savior. Now, what does God want to do in my life? He doesn't want to work in me. He wants to work through me. That's the greatest fulfillment of Christianity when Christ's blessings flow through me. Now, look at this. You lust and have not, you kill and desire to have and cannot obtain, you fight in war and you have not because you ask not. Verse number three, you ask. What is that asking? That's prayer. You ask, and, now is prayer a good thing? Yes. Is prayer a right thing? Yes. Am I supposed to pray? Yes. You ask and receive not, are you looking at it? Because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. Now, before I got saved, I couldn't pray. You can't pray to God before you get saved. God doesn't hear the prayer of an unsaved individual except for the call of God for salvation. After you become a child of God, you have the privilege of prayer. So here's a man in James chapter 4. He's been given the privilege of prayer, but the exercise of prayer is making him miserable. Prayer's not supposed to make me miserable. Prayer's supposed to help me to accomplish the will of God. How does a blessing become miserable when I use it for my own lust rather than for Christ not to work in me but work through me? Are you with me this morning? 
So here's a blessing of God that has become a source of contention, a problem in our life because we come to the place that we say, boy, I like these blessings of God and I'm going to hoard up every one of the blessings of God I can hoard up. You'll become a miserable Christian by hoarding the blessings of God. The blessings of God were not given you to hoard. You don't need to hoard them. God has saved all that we need in heaven. God's blessings are given to me so that I can give them to others. I'm supposed to pray not just for things that I need in life but things I need to accomplish God's will in my life to help others I don't want his blessing to become a source of of contention I want his blessings to bring a contentment to know I can have all I need in Christ every blessing of the Lord is a blessing to be enjoyed by flowing through us for the benefit of others In Israel, there is a body of water called the Dead Sea. You know why it's called the Dead Sea? It's dead. (laughs) There's no fish in it. You put fish in it, they'll die. There are no plants in it. You put a plant in it, the salt content will kill it. There's no life in the Dead Sea. You know why the sea is dead, that body of water is dead? Because it has no outlet. Now, it does have a living body of water that feeds it. It's fed by the Jordan River. In the Jordan River, there's life. There's fish. There's water life. But there is none in the Dead Sea. You know why? The Dead Sea just gets everything it can get from the Jordan River, but it never gives anything. And it's dead. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a Dead Sea. I'm thankful for the goodness of God. But I don't want to just take the goodness of God. I want to share the goodness of God. Because the goodness of God not only helped me when it came in me, it helps me again every time it flows through me. Every person I lead to Christ, the grace of God is awakened again to joy. Every person I help with comfort that I've received from God is a source of encouragement again as that comfort is awakened in me again. Let me tell you about the strength of God. Let me tell you about the grace of God. Let me tell you about the goodness of God and as the blessings of God flow through us the blessings of God help us again that's what Christianity is about Jody Rosh is here this morning she's written a book of poems now now I'm not a I'm I'm not a poem uh, reader I've never enjoyed poems Mary had a little lamb fleece was white as snow and I, I just never did buy any poetry books her poems are very good She'll often write a poem after hearing a sermon, and she can summarize a 30-minute sermon in about two and a half, three minutes. I, I, I've told her, I said, if you'd just write the poem, I'd read that, and it'd save me a lot of time. But, but it's amazing. And she writes about God's grace, and that, that book is Poetry of God's Grace. It has helped hundreds, it helped thousands of people. Now, the grace she received from God in times of difficulty and trials didn't just come to her to stay. She has a unique ability to, I, 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 can't make, I can't make words rhyme. I want them to. I can't do it. But she has an ability to share that with others. And can I tell you something? 
now and again she'll send me an email and say, Preacher, I wanted to share this email with you. I got this email from someone that read my book of poems and they were encouraged and they were helped. And some have said, I can make it through my trials. Now, you know what? God's grace helped her in trials. But her sharing that grace with others helps her every time it helps somebody else. That is Christianity. Now, what are you hoarding up that God's given you? What are you hoarding? What, what blessing of life? What grace? What mercy? What goodness of God? Do you know our songbook is filled with songs where someone walked in the darkness of night, the difficulty of a trial, and they found God's grace sufficient, and they found God's strength to be what they needed, and they had the ability to write it down, and we sing those songs, and Christians sing those songs, and we're blessed by the comfort that they got in their valley. Many Christian books have been written as a result of tragedies and trials and God's grace in those trials. Those books are a help to others. I have a new book that's coming out at the end of this month, Acquainted with Grief. Well, those were difficult hours. Boy, the grace of God, my, how the goodness of God was so rich and wonderful in those dark hours. And as folks read the pages of that help, that help didn't come from me. It came through me, came from him. Oh, he's a wonderful, wonderful God. I say to you today, dear friend, don't hoard the blessings of God. You can get helped again by helping somebody else with the same grace that you receive. Chris Dallas' life was changed by the gospel of Christ. And now he travels week after week after week to help others, not with the wisdom of Chris Dallas, but with the wisdom that God gave Chris Dallas in his time of difficulty. Not with the grace and strength of Chris Dallas, but with the grace and strength of God that God gave him at a time at the lowest of his life. And God delivered him and set him free and gave him a wonderful life. And he's a help to others. You know how he's a help to others? By the same grace God gave him he don't have anything new at Chris Dallas he's not hot stuff ain't nothing to him he just goes around the country bragging about Jesus he'll say boy preacher I had a good meeting this week who wasn't anything Chris Dallas had it was everything God had given him and that's what Christianity's about to say this is what God gave me and I want to share it with you and what God gave you and you share it with me and we make it through this valley of life we make it through this uh, uh, this dark world and this world is not our home thank God for the grace of God that was given to help another David's courage is still helping us Job's patience is still helping us. Moses' meekness is still helping us. Paul's grace is still helping us. Nicodemus' salvation in John chapter 3 is helped and is still helping us. This statement and I'm finished. Christianity is fulfilled when its blessings are not consumed in our lives, but when they help us. And then they become a consolation from us to another. God been good to you? Sure he has. Tell somebody about it this week. God answered a prayer for you? Tell somebody about it. Has God blessed you in your life this week? Share it with somebody else. I've learned. Go ahead and stand. I'm finished with the sermon. Let me start on the next one. Go ahead and stand. 
Here's what I've learned. Here's what I've learned. As God helps me and I help others, God keeps on helping me. You've heard the statement, you can't outgive God. Not just talking about money. Money money is a small thing. When you love, money is a small thing. But I've learned as long as what I get from God, I give to others, God keeps giving. But I've also learned this. When God gives to me and I put it in my pockets, well, I'm going to keep that. I'm not going to I'm not going to tell nobody about that. They'll be wanting to, they'll drive the river on me. Hey, they can't drive the river. They can't drive the source of blessings. But I've learned if I don't share with others what God's given me, heaven will dry up. Ah, but if I keep sharing with others, the river keeps flowing. Heavenly Father, help us not to have Dead Sea Christianity. Looking for the Jordan River to feed us and yet for us to be stagnant in life. Help us to tell somebody else about your grace for salvation. Your grace for strength. Your grace for comfort. And Lord, as we receive from you and share with others, your blessings continue to flow in our lives. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I wonder if there's anyone here this morning that would say, Pastor, I've never received Christ as Savior, and I need to trust Christ as Savior. My purpose is to pray for you. I wonder if you'd raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. I'm not sure that I'm a child of God. I'm not sure I'm born again and going to heaven. Would you raise your hand let me pray for you this morning? Is there anyone like that today? You may be watching online or listening. You've never received Christ as Savior. Right now you ought to bow your head and trust Christ as your personal Savior. Friend, listen to me. All of this world's goods mean nothing when you come to that day of facing Christ alone. Trust him as your Savior. Trust him now. You're here this morning. You're struggling in life. You're going through a trial or tribulation of life. Please hear me well. God's grace is sufficient. God's grace will help you turn to God for his help this morning. Plead for the grace and mercy of God in your life. Heavenly Father, bless our invitation. Lord, thank you for your grace that's able to rescue, that's able to heal, that's able to bring joy and gladness. Oh, dear Lord, help every person here to hunger for and trust in that great grace of God. Bless our invitation, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.